Welcome back to Silverlight TV. John Papa here at Microsoft, and today I've got an Aaron O'Neill of our 3D Silverlight team. How you doing? Great. Thanks, John. So you recently got back from Mix 11 and did a really good, at least I think really good, Silverlight 3D presentation at Mix. Uh, you also had your hand in quite a few of the 3D demos that we uh, worked out, including the keynote work that we had. Yes, I did. So Aaron's our resident expert on 3D here uh, at Microsoft with Silverlight. And today's episode, we wanted to come on and uh, we get a lot of questions about uh, 3D. Talk about some of the stuff we've put out recently with Silverlight 3D. I know uh, as a team, we've put out collectively several demos up on the MSDN Code Gallery. That's right. We'll put links to the Solar Wind demo, the House Builder demo that we did for the keynote, and then the Babylon demo yes. uh, that David did. So we'll put all, we put all this up there. There's been a lot of questions on how does Silverlight 3D work, what does it really do for you, what doesn't it do for you, uh, and really kind of what do you need to know about it to get started. Right. So I invited Aaron on to talk about those topics to see if you're interested, this episode's for you, if you're interested in 3D and you don't really have a 3D basis because it'll get you up to speed in kind of what you need to know. But if you also, if you've got 3D experience with X and A, he's also going to dive into some of the features and kind of show how it all works. That's right. I didn't put you on the spot too much. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, so thank you, John, for the introduction. Uh, so actually, uh, what I'd like to tell you guys about today, we have here in the background a sample. This is the solar wind sample. And I showed this very briefly at the Mix 11 conference at the very tail end of the session. Mm -hmm. And so I thought what I'd do today is just walk through this sample in a little bit more detail and show you some of the code, show you how this was done. And I think that'll give the audience uh, a good feeling for how to do 3D. Okay, and it, it's, I'm not sure if it picks up in the video, but this is nice because it's got a nice fluid motion to it. Uh, it's a little dark. It's in outer space, obviously. Yes. But uh, let's take a look how this works. Okay. So uh, actually, before I get into that, uh, I'll just give you a little bit of context on the feature itself. Mm -hmm. So 3D, uh, you know, as you've, as you've heard, is XNA. So what we've done is we've brought the core graphics APIs from the XNA framework, from some of the other uh, platforms, over to Silverlight. And these graphics APIs are for accessing the device and drawing very low-level, uh, sending low-level drawing calls to the, to the device. Mm -hmm. So those uh, low-level so calls... So drawing like lines and paths like you do in Silverlight with Blend, for example. Right. You're actually drawing these elements, whatever uh, drawings you might be doing right against the hardware device. That's right. So in this case, it's actually quite hard to see on that television. But, sure is. <laughs> uh, we are sending triangles, and triangles are kind of the lowest-level primitive uh, that you use for drawing. Mm -hmm. And if you stitch these triangles together, as you see here, this is how you get uh, a shape, a more complex shape. In this case, it's a sphere. And uh, you can imagine, you know, of course, all different shapes and sizes. Uh, games have characters, humans, you know. So right. You can do all of these things in 3D. So one of the things that uh, I get asked a lot is, you know, how do we actually create this 3D geometry? Right, we know, we know Silverlight supports showing 3D, but how do you actually create That's right. what you're going to show? That's right. And so this demo, the way it does it, actually, is it generates all of the geometry on the fly. Mm -hmm. So we have code that I'm going to show that will, will demonstrate how you actually create, uh, create that geometry and render it to the screen. So now, what's the other, just so we could set a baseline, there's two real options, I guess, to, to put it simply to the guy like me. You can either draw the whole thing yourself, like you're saying here, or in Silverlight, or you can go off and you can import a model. That's right. Something that already exists. Exactly. And this is the option of, I don't have anything to start with. I'm going to create my own objects. That's right. Okay. So uh, That was a question, by the way. I don't yes. pretend to know this. So the, uh, the nice thing is, you know, 
the, with the rendering capability, you can do both. Mm -hmm. It's just that we don't necessarily provide a full pipeline uh, in the beta in order to take a 3D model that was generated using an external tool like Maya or Blender or you know one of the popular 3D modeling tools okay. uh, and, and actually import that. So it's entirely possible to write an application that does that but you need to know how to extract this, uh, these triangles, this geometry, from that file to render it. Right. And the nice thing is, actually, we have a couple projects on CodePlex that do this today. That, so, that will import a model from one of those popular formats? Exactly. Into Silverlight? Yes. So one of those engines, uh, actually, uh, is called Balder. And one of the nice things about Balder is uh, it lets you actually use XAML to set up your scene and to place your content, uh, and it's a little bit higher level than some of the things that I'm going to show today. That's from uh, Anar Ingerbritsen. I might have ruined his name so, there. I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> it either, but uh, but yes, that okay. is from Anar. Good call to Boulder. So yeah, Boulder's and that's all declarative through XAML, which is that's right. Kind of the it's almost the easiest way to do 3D for somebody who hasn't gotten into it. Yes. And there's also another engine I'd like to point out, uh, Babylon. It's the one that you saw in the keynote, mm -hmm. and uh, that was David Katu did that, and uh, that's also in CodePlex, and it will show kind of another another way of doing uh, loading that type of model content. That'll load a model, existing model, and let you use it with code through XNA and Silverlay, not necessarily declarative through XAML. Correct. Okay. Yes. So two uh, for two on this. All right. Yes. <laughs> so why don't we go ahead? Uh, that, that's kind of the high-level overview of, of 3D. Uh, why don't we go ahead and, and dive into what this sample is and, sure. and what the code does. So what we're looking at here uh, is, as you saw, a 3D sphere. And we've mapped, texture mapped, the continents and the atmosphere on top of this. Mm -hmm. You can see that we have a light side. There's also a night side. Oh, very cool. And the lights actually uh, come on. And you're also able, able to interact with this. I see you're dragging and moving exactly. around. That's right. So you can you can see that we have silver light controls over here on the left, and we are able to interact uh, with the scene using that. So in addition to uh, the basic uh, basic layer that we see here for the mm -hmm. continents, I showed the atmosphere. We also have a population density layer. So this is really nice because uh, a lot of data is geometric or I'm sorry, geographic in sure. nature, <laughs> and geometric. And drawing geometrics, yep. And so uh, the nice thing is, you know, you can, you can really take some of that data and with something like this Earth, you can, you can visualize that data in a very compelling way. So, and we don't promise the accuracy of the data here, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I think this, is, this data might be from... A lot of people in LA, it looks yeah, like. 1990, maybe. So it's a, it's a great way to visualize your data. Um, as you can see, we can, we can add different things to it. Here we go. Here's a crazy magnetic field. And so this is also drawn using just basic uh, basic primitives. Okay. So I talked about triangle as being kind of the lowest level primitive. Uh, these are slightly higher level primitives. We have a sphere and we have a torus, uh, which is being used for the magnetic field. Uh, torus is basically what Homer Simpson would call a donut. Sure. Right. So uh, let's take a look at some of the code for drawing this now. Okay. So yeah, we can see we can zoom in, zoom out as well. Yes. And this is one of the examples that's up on the MSDN Code Gallery, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. This is this is out there, so you can download it, take a look at the source code. And it's called Solar Wind for those of you looking for it. Yes. So here is the main page of the application. You can see we have several files in this project in this solution. 
and the main page is just a simple grid. And you can see that we're able to use Silverlight UI, so the stars background that you saw, that's just an image that, uh, that we're uh, stretching out across the grid. You could have drawn it with 3D if you wanted to, but there was really no point. Exactly. So why bother? Right. Exactly, yes. So the drawing surface here, this is the new element that we've added to allow you to integrate 3D into your page. And you can see that uh, we've subscribed to a couple events here. So the loaded event, the draw event, and the size changed event. And when we go into the code behind, I'll explain uh, why we're doing that. Okay. So just a couple more things here. You can also see uh, as part of this page, we do have our stack panel, which has those controls that you saw on the left. Yep. So you can very easily integrate Silverlight UI with 3D. So that is about the extent of the designer experience for 3D right now. So if you're using uh, if you're using Expression Blend and you want to lay out your so 3D, if you're the scene, designer, you're done. Yes, you've, you've done your job. <laughs> And now we're going to move on to, okay, let's, let's code this 3D. How do we actually implement these three events that you showed us? Yeah. Exactly. So here's the, here's the loaded event. And you can see that what we're doing is we're loading the content for the scene. And what is scene? What type is scene? So scene is actually a type that's defined in this application. It's not something that is built into the runtime itself. Okay. So I'll walk through the code for what scene is uh, in a minute, but sure. you can see that it's just a, a instance member here on the page itself. Okay. And one of the reasons for this actually is uh, it's, it's very convenient to encapsulate all of your 3D code into something that's specific to 3D, separate from your UI stuff. Right. So it's sort of a best practice that we recommend. And it's just like when you're doing patterns of any kind, whether it's a 3D pattern or, or a presentation pattern or something different. Abstracting your code and for all your scenes into a different one, you could then reuse that code to do something else later too. Yes, exactly. So uh, this loaded event, this is where we load our load our content, mm -hmm. and you really want to load your content up front. You don't want to be loading content necessarily while you're drawing, unless you really know what you're doing. Then there are cases where you do want to stream content uh, and do that. Uh, but the simplest thing to do is just load it on startup. Okay. So the next thing we want to do is we want to tell the uh, framework what content we want to draw in that 3D window, in that 3D drawing surface. Okay. And that happens through this callback. So this callback gets fired uh, de depending on certain settings, uh, essentially as fast as your monitor can draw. Okay. So we're not implementing any, you know, any artificial barriers between you and... So the draw event's going to happen uh, not based on user actions, but based upon how fast, basically, it's refreshing itself. Exactly. Okay. Yes. So one of the ways you control that refresh, actually, is at the very end of this here. So this invalidate surface call, what mm -hmm. that does is it tells us, please call me again the very next frame. Sure. And so if you have that at the end of your draw callback, you'll be called to draw every time that we're drawing to the screen. Now, as a non-3D programmer at heart, in general, if I would do that, it would immediately say or set up a flag to me and say, wow, that's going to cause it to keep running this over and over and over again. Is that process intensive? Uh, so that's a great point. So it is, uh, actually. It depends on what you're putting in your, in your drawing callback there. But if you don't want to draw every single frame, say you have some relatively static content, like a chart, for example, and it's sure. not going to update. A 3D chart. Often. Exactly. Then there's no reason to call that there. But if you have like a game or something that's constantly moving around. 
Right. You might want to risk that. Yes. So if you're animating something uh, or it's you know something real time, where yes you have that type of movement and you need every frame uh, that update, then you would put it there. Okay. So. <clears throat> So that controls the, uh, the frequency at which we draw. This is the actual drawing. And again, you can see that this has been encapsulated into our scene. So You're passing in the device itself and then which time or frame you're actually That's right. drawing to. So we'll go take a look at that in just a minute. Um, what I'd like to do is just hit this one real quick. And this is the size changed. And Good point. when you're resizing your page, depending on your app, you may want the 3D control to resize as well. So the drawing surface is kind of like a view box in that sense, where it actually will restretch stretch out the 3D canvas area. That's right. 3D area, I should say, not canvas. Yes. Okay. So you want that, uh, you want that 3D canvas to adjust when you, when you resize. And so what we're doing here, uh, you'll see when we move over to the scene, the scene also has a camera. And this camera has an aspect ratio. And so when you resize that page, you want to make sure that you're updating the aspect ratio uh, of your camera so that it doesn't start stretching out in funny directions. Sure, sure. Okay. So it looks like you got a lot of the functionality actually inside the scene object. Exactly. So let's take a look at that scene object. So we will... Navigate over there. Okay, okay, so now we're inside scenes. So yeah, again, this is your own code, but freely available. That's right. So this is the scene drawing method. And the first thing we do is we clear the surface. So we want to make sure that every time we draw, we, mm -hmm. we're starting from a blank canvas. And then we have some more encapsulation going on here. The scene consists of the Earth. And Earth is the model that you created. That's right. Okay. So the scene is just delegating to the Earth, uh, which is another class that we have here in the solution. Mm -hmm. It's delegating its drawing to that class. So we'll take a look at that uh, in just a minute. Let's uh, scroll up here and see what else the scene has. So here's the Earth instance, mm -hmm. and you can see that we also have a camera. Now, the thing with 3D is you're telling the, uh, telling the framework where you want to draw your triangles, but typically that's going to be from the perspective of the camera. Right. And cameras are uh, really just a simple, let's, uh, let's dive into that, matrix. So a matrix is a primitive math type, mm -hmm. and we use that to represent moving around in 3D space. And so this is something that uh, we have plenty of sample code out there from XNA to some of the other samples and, and this one that, that will walk you through uh, exactly how to do camera transforms. Right, and, and the camera's really just where are you looking at it from. Think about it looking at any particular 3D object, a cup, for example. That's right. My camera is different from your camera on that particular object, the way we're looking at it, both from distance and then the projection that you're looking at it. That's at. right, yes. So obviously you want to make sure that your camera is pointing at the object that you want to draw. That's a very important thing to do. Uh, if your scene shows up blank, it might be that your camera's not pointing at what you want to look at. That's a good point. Or you've got the lens cap on, right? Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so let's see. Um, let's take a look at our Earth draw here. Okay, so Earth is the model itself, and the draw method is going to say, okay, here's my model, and it's, it knows how to draw itself. Yes. Okay. So I scrolled past that. Let's, uh, let me make this a little bigger for you. Great. 
So we're passing the graphics device. That's what it's going to do the drawing, the scene time, when it's going to do it, and the camera is the position that it's going to be doing it from. That's right. So all of those are used uh, in order to update the, the scene every single frame. Right. So we're doing some things in here. I'm not going to go into great detail on, on some of these, but uh, you can see that we are setting the textures, and we do have different textures or images for daytime and nighttime. So it's not just a smooth surface. It could be your population density, your nighttime, your... Yes. Yeah. So those those textures, those overlays are are set on the device so that we can we can use those. Okay. To draw. Maybe a future episode we can get into something like that. Yes. So we have uh, some sampler states. What I'm doing here is I'm just setting some additional properties for the uh, for the textures. We're setting up that we want to have opaque drawing, meaning for this particular first layer, we don't really care about transparency. Right. So and where you would care about that example, if you go back to the 3D house builder demonstration that we did, we had one of the houses where you could make the exterior transparent and dive into the interior and look into that. Yes. Right. Okay. And even in this sample, uh, as I was showing the atmosphere layer, for example, that turns on transparency so that we can blend that atmosphere right. with what we're drawing here. But the core of the Earth, Earth itself was not transparent, I assume. That's right. Did. Okay. Yes. So we're setting up some shaders here. That's another great topic to get into at some point in the future. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we could do a whole series on 3D. Yes, there's plenty of content. So let's talk about uh, the mesh. So the mesh is, is that set of triangles. And those are the ones that we uh, really want to make sure uh, we have the, uh, we have defined the, what am I trying to say, the shape of the object that we're trying to draw. And so you your triangles are your vertexes? So the triangles do have vertexes. The vertexes, they have vertexes right. That's right. So they have three. It's the three points around mm -hmm. uh, around the triangle. And then a collection of those becomes a becomes mesh. a mesh exactly. Okay. And so you can see what we've done is uh, again we've delegated drawing. So we're inside of our Earth here, and now we're saying let's draw the mesh. Okay. So let's go ahead and just dive into that. And, and the mesh must know about all these vertexes, so it's got some kind of buffer, vertex buffer. Okay. Exactly. So that's right. So the mesh is simply drawing a, a vertex buffer. Mm -hmm. And there's also another concept called an index buffer. And what that does is it indexes into that vertex buffer in order to pick out the points of the triangle that it wants to draw. Okay. And uh, then we use a, this is the actual drawing call on the graphics device. So this draw index primitives, this is what draws, uh, sends the, all the vertex data to the card. Yeah, to this point, we've kind of nested in a couple of levels and where we're drawing, we're setting up the drawing. But at this point, when we make this call, we have to make sure we've told it how to draw it and the what to draw is in the mesh. And now we've actually set that into the graphics device. Right. But at this point is where we're actually saying, okay, you've got all the information you need to do. Go do it. That's right. That's right. The buffer is on the card. All the data is in it. And this call tells it, go look in that buffer and, right. and draw that. Yes. So what we were drawing was a sphere. And you can see we're in this geometric primitive class. We have a sphere primitive that actually derives from that. And it's what's responsible for populating the, those buffers mm -hmm. with the points to, that make up that sphere. And I'm not going to go into detail. You can see there's quite a bit of math uh, sure. in this case involved in uh, setting up that. But we provide this, you know, this sphere primitive. So if you have something that you want to uh, construct out of spheres, or if you want to do your own uh, solar system demo, you can obviously use this code in order sure. to do that. This is stuff you wouldn't necessarily have to. It's not part of our uh, SDK or part of our core Silverlight, but this is something we do provide to you to get you started. That's right. So 
that sphere primitive uh, populates, as I mentioned, those, those buffers. And you can see those. I'll just show you what that looks like real quick up here. So this is our list of vertices. Mm -hmm. And this is what that uh, sphere primitive function populates. And this is our list of indices. And the interesting thing here to note is that the list of vertices, you can see that we've defined them as position, normal, and texture. And what's happening here is that a vertex can have a lot of different characteristics. So we're telling the framework that this particular vertex has a position in 3D space. Mm -hmm. It has a, a normal or a, a direction that uh, is considered outward and it has a texture coordinate, and that's how we're putting the uh, land surface on top of the okay. geometry there. So in, ter in terms of setting up your geometry, you'll need to define what characteristics your vertices have, mm -hmm. and uh, that's how you'll do that. And then there's a vertex declaration, uh, which is uh, another type that will allow you to uh, specify that, that detail to the framework. Okay. And that gets passed into the draw call. So once we draw the base pass of the Earth, we also can draw the atmosphere, population layer, the magnetic field, and you know, then this just cycles. And each of those are really just different models, objects, whatever you want to call them. That's right. Each of these, uh, in, in fact, both this atmosphere layer and the population layer, well, this layer, uh, will reuse the uh, same mesh to draw that we drew the first time. Mm -hmm. So it, it's able to reuse that same geometry for a second pass to, to draw. Population density, uh, I probably don't want to get into too much of that code, but we actually do uh, have a, a second mesh that's a little more dense so that we can, uh, I don't know if you noticed on that, uh, on the demo, but when we show the population density, we're actually, in addition to changing the color around the dense points, mm -hmm. we're also extruding the geometry, right. and you can see that right there. And so that drawing code takes care of doing that as well. Sure. So I think that's probably about as deep as we should go on uh, geometry code today. I think it's good. There's a lot of other topics that we can talk about. We've mentioned a couple of them here. Uh, yeah. I know some of the main points we talked about during, the, uh, during Mix this year is that really, if you're getting into 3D development with Silverlight, if you already know X and A, you've got a leg up. Yeah, because it's the same APIs and you can rock and roll and move that, along. That's a great point. There are a ton of XNA resources out there mm -hmm. already. So if you're struggling with some of these concepts, take a look at some of that XNA content because there, there really is a lot of good stuff out there to start from. And for those who aren't familiar with XNA, XNA is, is really the baseline for writing applications for like Xbox, for example. So That's correct. It's, yes. uh, it's definitely tried and true. Yes. It's not something we just made up for Silverlight 5, uh, that's for right. those who aren't aware. But it's, it's a very good uh, API that we can work with. And it, again, some people are like, well, well, you know, WPF has its own 3D APIs, there's XNA, Silverlight could have come up with its own, you know, yet another one, right. you could say, yet another 3D API. But it's nice that we picked something that was tried and true and had worked really well. Yeah, I think so too, absolutely. You know, I think our customers, uh, the feedback that we've gotten uh, has been very positive uh, based on that. So I think, I think it was a very good... Uh, Good call. It is, and we, we hear a lot, too, about, we, we always talk about, I think for the last two versions of Silverlight, maybe three, we talk about how GPU acceleration is so important. When you get into something like this, I think it's when it starts really clicking for you, too. It's not just a video, for example. Right. It helps with that, but if you're writing really complex 3D algorithms and uh, showing models, writing games, anything like that, mm -hmm. uh, running on the GPU is going to be significantly faster Absolutely. than running on your CPU in that case. Yep. 
So that's that's cool. And other topics we talked we haven't talked about things like projection, being able to work from 2D to 3D space. Yeah, so you can absolutely do those things. Uh, we provide, or we will be providing, uh, a couple additional things to help you do that, to make that a little simpler. But certainly if you're trying to uh, take, your, take your mouse and uh, translate those, those positions those on the screen. coordinates, which are 2D. Exactly. Take those 2D coordinates and project those into 3D space so that you can select some of those 3D objects. Uh, yes, there, there will be some functionality. That's great for applications where, I mean, obviously gaming, you'll do this kind of stuff too. But let's say you're building a business application, you've got a medical diagram of, uh, you know, here's Aaron in his body, he's got a broken arm, you're spinning it around, you actually want to diagnose on it there. Uh, those kind of things really can come in handy to make uh, business applications, for example. Oh. Really rich 3D applications. Absolutely. That's When you're doing that type of UI 3D interaction, mm -hmm. those are the types of things that, that you'll be doing. So that's that's a, a nice key feature as well. It's not something new we've created, obviously. It's just the way we're enabling these particular scenarios. Yeah. Cool. And then we should also talk about briefly, um, we, we mentioned that there's like Babylon to help load some of the models. What are the popular models that we do support? Uh, the popular formats? Formats, sorry. So yes. uh, Babylon today supports uh, OBJ, which is a, a very common uh, modeling format. It's been around for, for a number of years. And uh, I believe that um, Balder actually supports uh, a few more formats. I, I believe Einar was working on mm -hmm. getting uh, Collada support in there and getting 3DS support and some other formats. So yeah, Collada is the one that we used for the uh, the House Builder 3D. That's right. So well. we actually we actually did provide uh, in the House Builder demo a little mm -hmm. bit of uh, Collada infrastructure. So if you want to try to read some Collada models, you could also take a look at that code. Okay, cool. And I think we're gonna, we've already got that code up there, but I believe I'm going to work with the Archetype fellows to possibly put up some kind of a CodePlex project or something so they can help mm -hmm. other people get started with this as well. Yeah. So I got them on the spot here. That'd be I'll, great. We'll see if we can go further with that. Sounds great. Hey, Aaron, thanks for coming on. Oh, you bet. We'll get you back on to do a little more uh, details. Sounds great. Thanks. Thank you all for watching. Thank you, guys.